Michiana's first, best, and only show dedicated to craft beer and drinking music. Cool brews, hot tunes. This is music to my beers. Music to my beers on Real Rock 103.9, The Bear. Music to my beers. Good morning. We are back for another splendid episode, a super fresh episode of our Brewers series, and I am Zach Miller alongside Warren Cluck. Hello. We have a brewer in with us from Studebaker Brewing Company. Actually, I shouldn't say a brewer, I should say the brewer at Studebaker Brewing Company, and uh, we've got Ryan in studio. Good morning. Morning. How's it going, guys? Pretty Doing fantastic. Well, yeah. Um, we obviously Studebaker's been around a few years now, and uh, we're going to delve into one how you became to be the guy in charge down there. We're going to get into your backstory, any childhood trauma you want to talk about, stuff like that. <laughs> Perfect, we got lots of it. Uh, it's going to be a deep dive day, but yeah, we thought after the pandemic we'd have everybody in and kind of remind everybody that they're open and. You know, now that the mask mandates may be coming back, this may have all been premature, but right. anyhow. Yeah. Sure. And you said before the show started, because I was like, well, how should we introduce you? You said you refuse to be called a brewmaster. Yeah, no, I hate the title. Brewmaster. Brewmaster. Yeah. Um, it does all sound kind of like, you know, gatekeeper-y, online guy. Well, I for me, master. it's... Right, yeah. I mean, I'm okay with being like dungeon master, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm right, fine right. with that, but <laughs> cool. uh, brewmaster seems weird. Uh, I don't know. It's... I've been in the business for a while, uh, and Brewmaster, the title Brewmaster has always sounded super pretentious to me when I hear somebody say it, mm-hmm. uh, because basically my job is to wash dishes. Oh. Uh, yeah. I Make mean, sure everything's clean, right? Yeah, yeah. That's like the, the biggest part of brewing is making sure that you've got like the sanitized uh, equipment that you're going right, to be using. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, there comes skill. You have to know how to do, make a recipe and make it taste good. You don't have to... Yeah understand how fermentation works but 90 percent of the job is just cleaning things <laughs> so like i i've always called myself like the head dishwasher or uh the stainless steel sanitation specialist uh i i'm okay but, yeah I just, mastering karate is like the ultimate so maybe like by the time you get closer to retiring and whatnot then you can call yourself i've i've mastered the brew so i'm i'm brew master now yeah maybe yeah I, there's always something more to learn. So when are, when are you ever a master? We've uh, we're gonna learn a lot. We're gonna talk more about Studebaker, and uh, you guys are celebrating three years coming up this October. But let's get into you, Mister Ryan Withhorn, and talk about your story. It's always funny how people become they go from craft beer enthusiasts to home brewers to now you're in charge of of brewing beer. What's your story, man? How old are you? Where are you from? Uh, so I am. I actually had to think about this the other day. Uh, I'm 34. I had, you know, the two birthdays during COVID that just didn't count. And oh, yeah. the, just like the last year and a half has You're just 32. disappeared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, like for the first six months that I was down here, everybody was asking me how old I was. I was like 32. Wait, what year is it? <laughs> <laughs> Warren's still 39. Yeah, yeah. I had, the, I had the fun 40th birthday party in COVID. But how did, how did you come into be, being um, a, a, a brewer, we'll say? So, um, I uh, I went to Grand Rapids, uh, and I went to Grand Valley for college, uh, and in my time there, I drank a lot of beer. Nice. Uh, Great city for Yeah, it. right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a fantastic city to grow up like as an adult drinking. Um, you know, it was back in the day when Founders was still in the old Brassworks building, and yeah. right oh, before the, you know, they times. make the bolt cutter and all that, and I'm like, cool, this is great. Um, so... Being a college kid in Grand Rapids, uh, craft beer became a, a big part of it, and I ruined myself because I couldn't drink PBR anymore. That's a lie. I still drink a lot of PBR. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I uh, 
kept saying for the longest time um, that I was like, man, I really want to like work in a brewery. That just sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, start, you know, they had the uh, dogfish head. I think it was called Brewmasters. That was on like Discovery, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember yeah, watching that in two thousand ten. Be mm-hmm. like, man, that looks like a lot of fun. Do you see the episode where they dump out all the one twenty minute? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. like made it all and something went bad with it. So they had to dump it all down the drain. He's like, that's like a million dollars. Right. I always thought the most ridiculous one was when they were doing like the chicha and they were oh. chewing the corn and spitting, spitting it into it. a cup and then using that to make a beer. I was like, that's disgusting. Yeah. Well, but also <laughs> great. Yeah. And they, they, they looked like they had a great time. So at what point do you make the crossover from enthusiast to on a payroll? Uh, so i uh well at that point i started actually homebrewing uh i had said i wanted to do it for years and then my little brother finally was like just here's a kit do it uh my first beer was terrible okay uh what was it i don't know it was some it was all using liquid extract and immediately do you remember the style that it was i, th- I think it was like an ipa but oh, it was okay. a really no nah, it was an amber it was an oh, amber okay. and it was just poor it was horrible it didn't attenuate on all the way it was just like okay let's do better on the next one uh <laughs> then like after two brews i was like yeah i don't like doing the all extract stuff i'm like i'm gonna go all grain all in all grain um and then i started doing that so what i around that time i lived downtown grand rapids uh and my younger brother was working for Greenbush uh in the kitchen hmm. and then i just started taking beer all around the breweries and i'm like hey i know you get this all the time Check out my mixtape. <laughs> Check out my stuff. Right? It's awesome. Um, and I would take it to like breweries that I frequented enough that I knew the owner and the okay. brewer. I was like, hey, will you just tell me what you think of it? Is it horrible? Like, if it's terrible, tell me. <laughs> it's, like got, take, it's like taking a baby around that you think is adorable. You're like, is this an ugly baby? Is right, this an ugly yeah, baby? Yeah. Um, but I always got like really good feedback. And a lot of times they're like, dude, this is great. Uh, I wouldn't put it on tap, but. Of other places that would be awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's sort of like a backhanded yeah. comment. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, this is yeah, really we're, cool. we're here with Ryan Withorn of the Studebaker Brewing Company, and uh, so you're you're getting close to making that transition into yeah. like guy who makes beer for a living. Yeah, I know. Sorry, it's a big long no, no, no. story. Hey, I've been hey, doing yeah. this for a while. It's a two hour show, man. We got yeah, plenty for, of time. Perfect. Um, so doing that, I uh, walked into a place in Grand Rapids that uh, had opened up. Uh, and I had known the owner years before, and I was like, "Hey, man, it was a. Uh, it's actually called Arctos Meadery in Grand Rapids." Oh, all right. Mm. Um, so I walked in. I was like, "Hey, dude, uh, thinking I might get a free mead out of it. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know what mead is, it's honey wine. Uh, it's and delicious, it's very powerful, yeah. tasty. Uh, they were all like twelve percent. So I walked in, handed him a, a bottle of uh, what I had called uh, the Dragon Ball Tea." Uh, Ooh, which like was Dragon a Ball uh, Z, I got you. yeah exactly it was a good oh. name don't steal it please <laughs> um, but so it was a jasmine scented green tea pale ale um, mm. which I did a version for one of my first beers at Studebaker when I came down here uh, called the polka dot princess <laughs> nice um, that's actually making a comeback here pretty soon but um, so he hired me on the spot uh, to be his master braggateer he's like this is awesome uh, I never made a single beer there legally. Okay. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, it didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so, you, so you go from Meads. What, at what point do you make the jump out of Grand Rapids? Uh, so jumping out of Grand Rapids was a while afterwards. Because uh, after Arctos, uh, I was actually working at Gap. 
uh, at the retail store, Gap. Like the actual Gap? Oh. Yeah, at Gap. Wow. For, I, I did uh, eight years of retail service before I finally, like, full-time into brewing. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, no, it was horrible. <laughs> uh, so after Arctos, I ended up going to Farmhouse Cider Company in Hudsonville. Right. Um, they hired me on as their head cider maker, and I told them in the interview, I have never made a cider. Hmm. I have no idea what I'm doing with cider. I've made a sizer. I've made mead. I make beer. I've never made a cider. Like, ah, oh, you're good. Wow. So now you've gone from making meads to making cider. Yep. Uh, I think they call this resume building. Right. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's what I was like. You know what? <laughs> the worst thing, like, I'm just doing things. Right. Yeah. Well, and getting a, 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 will, a really well-rounded um, site of like how to do all the different right. stuff that goes on with, with breweries nowadays because now you know that with beer changing as often as it does and you've got a pretty great resume with right. all the different ways in which you can brew yeah uh, i brought lots of stuff i brought uh you know my favorite beer that i drink at work uh i brought a couple new things i brought an ipa and a hefeweizen let's try your favorite thing that you drink yeah. at work there's also that? a big sour so. oh all right yeah grab uh, grab the uh, whatever whatever it is you like to drink at work right. we've got we've got a mutual friend brandon from niles brewing company and brandon kind of tipped you off on what the show is about and what what he brings and stuff and you're like i'm gonna one-up that right yeah, exactly. I, uh, <laughs> I he told me he brought a case, so I brought pretty close to a case. You That's know. awesome. Uh, you just heard exactly what it takes to be a guest on Music to My Beer. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're bring a, a case of beer, we'll make time for you. <laughs> you could just be guy on the street. We'll find a. Uh, Ooh, this is dark. Is this a stout? It is. Okay, so we got a stout in front of us, and what? Uh, I guess I'll wait till you get back on the microphone yeah, to ask you what so kind I of stout. I can sit down and do this. Oh. So what what kind of stout is this? Uh, so this is my version of the Irish Dry Stout. Um, oh. Easy drinking, yeah. um, not crazy high ABV, pretty sessionable. You can have one or two of them and not be angry later. Sweet, I'll go with that. And big one. Okay. I'll take oh, all right. Ooh. Well, it smells fantastic. I get a lot of chocolate and, and uh, coffee notes here. Yeah, I like to do stouts. Mm. Um, I'm more roast forward when it comes to stouts. Wow. Uh, yeah. As a stout tell. should be mm-hmm. is roast forward. Uh, if you're doing chocolate forward, it's actually a porter. Oh. If really? you want so to get real technical, the only difference yeah, between a stout and a porter is, is it more roast or is it more chocolate? Wow. That's really interesting because we've had um, bare hands and bare hands, when Eric was in here talking about a porter, they, they have this imperial porter that drinks more like a, a black IPA or a double black IPA. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It's pretty... Uh, Spicy. So, okay. uh, Ryan Withorn of Studebaker Brewing Company, the brewer, not the brewmaster. He refuses the title. He's turned it down. <laughs> you know who you are, dude? You're like Prince Harry, man. You had the title. You're like, no, I'm turning it down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to make it on my own. I don't need the royal family. So, uh, you, you started out in Grand Rapids. You were just an enthusiast. You wound up working at a meadery. Then you lied. and well, You didn't lie. You just inexperienced, and you were hired at a cidery. So, how do we get from cider to, to the world of, of becoming a brewer? So... Um also, just if only I was as pretty as Prince Harry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he is a handsome man. Yeah. Got a great uh, beard and a great head of hair, though. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I usually walk up and somebody's like, who's that Viking dude? Like, all the time. <laughs> I, like, I don't just, yeah. Um, anyway, so, uh, you know, I was telling you my story about how I used to take beer to random places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh-huh. how I got hired at Arctos. That's actually got how I got hired into beer, too. Um I used to live across the street in uh, downtown Grand Rapids on Wealthy Street, uh, right across the street from Elk Brewing Company on Wealthy. Okay. 
one of my best friends worked there uh, as one of the bartenders and he uh the the owner of elk walked up to me he's like hey is your friend still making beer because i needed a brewer they're opening a new location and so he called me like six times and i ignored every call because <laughs> i was like man i don't want to make what you're going to pay me because if you don't know, you don't get into beer to make money. Oh, yeah. Same thing about radio. Yeah, man. yeah right. exactly. Yeah, you don't. We're all very happy, very poor people. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, and uh, the owners on a farmhouse are awesome people. They're some of my favorite people in the industry. Um, and so he finally, I was like, all right, what's up? And then he offered me the right amount of money. And so I was like, all right, let's do beer. Beer was my passion anyway. Mm-hmm. So I was going to probably do it anyway, but. You got to make a living too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've heard, <laughs> <laughs> but so that's how I made my jump. I went to Elk. Uh, he offered me the position of their pilot brewer, which meant I got to do all the fun, stupid things that I like to do. The whole like they're working on a smaller system, right? Yep. Before yep. You I got to brew brews. on a little three barrel system from uh, Psycho Brew, uh, and then we had our fifteen barrel production system that mm-hmm. i occasionally would jump on but i was like i don't want to do that i don't want to do production <laughs> like it's i don't want to do that uh i want to make all the fun stuff i want to experiment that's the biggest part of brewing for me is experimentation i like to do random things which you'll see later i've got one weird beer all right we're Love all it. about that weird stuff uh-huh. yeah so i was there for three years uh you know at this point i had been at Arctos for a couple of years. I was at uh, Farmhouse for a year and a half. I was then moved to uh, Elk for three. Uh, over my time at Elk, it went from, hey, you're a pilot brewer too. Hey, you're going to do this too. Hey, right. we need to do this. Right. So, yeah, wear a bunch of hats and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, at one point, I was head brewer, head of distribution, head of packaging, maintenance guy, pilot brewer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they, they, you know what? That, that happens at a lot of jobs. Uh, we're here with Ryan Withorn, the uh, brewer over at Studebaker Brewing Company. We're like, you know, you got into it, and then it becomes something that you didn't want to get into. Right. So you're ready to make a change. Where do you go after this? Uh, so after that, I actually ended up going to Detroit. Uh, hey Oh, And yeah. just in time for the second, what, uh, Hopcat location to get yeah, posted? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I, uh, yeah, so I went to Detroit. Uh, I got offered a job. Um, at Atwater Brewing Company, and okay. I was their head of packaging out there oh, for a year. Nice. Um, packaging, again, is never what I wanted to do. <laughs> uh, it's a niche passion. Yeah, you know, I, I like the tinkering. I like the machinery. I, I like to work on things. Uh, you know, I work on, like, small CC motor or mopeds, and I work on motorcycles. Um, hey, so do I. We should hang out. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, it's a conversation for another time. Yeah. So. But it sounds like to this point, your career, as you're building your resume, you've got ciders, you've got meads, you've got beer now, you've got some of the packaging aspects, you've done some of the you know, the less um, less exciting parts of the gig. Right, yeah. I mean, by the time I left Elk, I was the brewery operations guy. So I was running Elk day-to-day operations. Nice. Um, Does so, the beer just happen when you run a brewery? It just grows out with all the stuff? Yeah, it's, I think it's just uh, part of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. The beard and then the gray. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bald faced cherub before yeah, I started exactly, drinking craft yeah. beer. Now look at me. Yeah, no, it's it's the hair, the beard, the gray. It all comes with brewing. It's just the more you do, the more the longer it gets, the longer the beard gets. Um, so again, like I said, uh, packaging is not my passion. Yeah. Brewing beer is my passion. 
Um, so while I was out in Detroit in the middle of the pandemic, uh, right before the pandemic hit, uh, I saw that Studebaker was starting to look for a, a new brewer. And I was like, well, I'm from that area. I grew up in Dwajak. Oh, wow. That's yeah, actually yeah. pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm from Dwajak. Uh, grew up there. Um, and I saw that pop up. I was like, yeah, worst case scenario, I'd apply for it. They don't want me. They yeah. Stay in mm-hmm. Detroit. And then the pandemic hit. And I'm like, man really wish it wasn't in detroit anymore uh i don't know if you know this but detroit early pandemic quarantine you just didn't leave your house oh really yeah no, you just stay inside the entire time yeah okay. like you you could you go out for like a walk and hope that nobody walks near you um mm. but i mean detroit was michigan's epicenter yeah, yeah so yeah. i was still working you know part-time uh doing packaging and we were making hard san- or sanitizer and things like that and still doing beer because of course, beer is a uh, necessary uh, oh, yeah. manufacturing. Uh, mm, that's essential. Yeah, yeah, it's an essential totally. thing. Hey, um, I, I would have been able to get by if like mm. grocery stores had closed. I would not have been able to get by if the Belmont beverages all shut down. Right, for oh, sure. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that set the panic. When ours was doing, uh, they all started doing just a curbside pickup. I thought, oh, this is it. This is it. So I was overbuying every trip I made just because of the next time they could have been closed. <laughs> what do you mean I can't just walk into the store and start picking out stuff? Can you explain over the phone what you got that's new here? Yeah, yeah I'd love to hear yeah. that. <laughs> We're here with Ryan Withorn of the Studebaker Brewing Company. That's so. That's more or less your story, how you came to become the 34-year-old brewer at the Studebaker Brewing Company. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, right after uh, Michigan's quarantine ended, or no, Michigan's quarantine was still going on. Indiana's quarantine ended uh, back in last, what, June? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, even a thing about. here, buddy. Yeah. Um, we, uh, I, I was offered the position at Studebaker. Rick left and went to... Uh, Greenbush for a bit, and I took over, and have nice. been brewing ever since. So and here we are. Well, yeah. well uh, welcome to the show, man. And uh, we're sorry it took us so long to catch up with you. This is the point in the program in which we pair movies to alcohol, and we give it a rating system. So, Ryan, you're new to this, but uh, what we do is we say if it is the best movie you've ever seen, it's probably going to get one beer to get you through this movie. But if it is an absolute horrible film um, that you would not you know show your grandmother ever again uh, you can give it a 12 and it's a, a movie drain pour so right, okay. this is what we call the B movie and now a thinly veiled reason to talk about more alcohol let's take our beers to the movie with music to my beers B movie and sometimes if you really like a movie but you really like a beer and you want to get through it you're like yeah. I want a bunch of these beers because it's great so the rating system really it's just you could say one twelve yeah back. exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna go first I saw this movie I've never seen it entirely in one sitting but I've seen it on cable and bits and pieces like five times and oh, I remember man. when it came out I was excited I thought this sounds like a great ensemble cast this is gonna be a lot of fun and then at some point I kind of lost my enthusiasm for superhero movies a little bit. But when I've seen it on TV, I've always been shocked because the parts I've seen, I've enjoyed. I thought it was, I thought it was wildly entertaining, and um, I know there's the new one coming up, and they've recast it, and there's like it's like a reboot, not a sequel, or just sort of like it's like a do over, right? The entirely new cast is coming out for the new Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, it's like uh, you know we had Batman, but then you can totally create a all new Batman from a different director and a different writer and all yeah, that exactly. fun stuff. So I'm gonna give this uh, because. I should sit down and watch the entire thing before I go and see the new one when it comes out. So I've got a little bit of like, oh, it's much improved. Oh, the casting is much better. I, I didn't, I didn't like Will Smith's character in the last one. I thought that was unnecessary casting. Will Smith's like an A-list, you know, Fourth of July big blockbuster movie guy. 
why is he playing a bit role? So that was a little distracting, but I'm going to give this a very specific beer because I had a party at my house mm, about six or eight weeks ago, and there was a lot of Miller Lite left over. And you know how you get li- really lazy after a party's over? You're like, ah, I'll clean up the cooler and all that. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Maybe clean up the floor eventually. Yeah, well, this Miller Lite sat outside, <laughs> this, this Miller Lite sat outside in a cooler the entire time I was in Portland, and I came back, and I thought, ooh, I should you know, dry it off and put it away. So I put it in the basement, brought it out for another party. No one's drank it, and now it's back in the garage where it's like now 90 degrees. Oh, man. So I'm going to say I'm going to do 12 of those. So this, this Miller Lite's been like cooled down and warmed up and like sat out and baked. It's probably just cans of bread at this point, but I think – Drinking those would be a suicide mission because I'm going to feel one like dirt the next day, and they are going to be terrible, and I'm going to have to drink them fast. So I'm going to do 12. You and I kind of have the same thought process with this whole thing, except... I, I feel bad because you can't throw them out. You're like, no, you can't throw right, them out. Yeah. At the same time, you're like, I shouldn't serve this to anybody I respect. Wasn't there a woman who drank a 50-year-old Coors Light yeah. recently? Yeah, the yeah. Coors rewarded her with uh, with more beer and a cake. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know how you can make it through that. That'd be... <laughs> Talk about uh, skunk. Oh, yeah. uh, speaking of skunk, I am going to go with two forties, and I'm going to say, you know, my superpower for the Suicide Little Squad, Edward Forty Hands, would be Edward Forty Hands have to be taped to me while I watch this movie, and I'm go- I'm going to go back to my college roots and go with uh, Saint Ides. Two forties of Saint Ides. I think it what it clocks in about an eight percent. Do they so. even make Saint Ides anymore? Hopefully, I've I mean, seen uh, like I haven't old seen forties in a while. I've seen OE eight hundred. I've seen King Cobra. Still, they've got Mickey's, but I don't like. Where the do Saint- you do your shopping? Never you mind where I do my shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll go to that Belmont on the West Side, and they've got uh, a completely different selection than, than the one by my house and the citywide downtown. That yeah, the walking cooler because I'm like looking for 40s. I can't find any. No, they do <laughs> higher end bottle shops. 40s do not mix. No. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so Ryan, how about you? Um, man, that was that was a bad movie. <laughs> it was really bad. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The first like, cameo was hey, terrible. Cara, yeah. Cara Delvine, whoo, mm. tip top. She's she good. She eyebrow pretty good, fellas. Oh, and Harley yeah, Quinn fair. too. Yeah, and Margot right, Robbie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Margot Robbie, man, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I think uh, for me, it was such a rough thing to get through. Uh, I'm going to have to be real drunk to get through it again. Uh, we're going to go with, the, I'm going to say 11 Stout Rockneys sitting at oh. about 6.5%. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I like he's yeah. got the gist of it. Use this segment to promote some Studebaker. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, you know it's, a, it's a very dark-toned movie. Mm. Got the dark-toned beer. Perfect. I love it. Well, we are pretty much everywhere as uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Untapped. I am at Dad Beers. Warren's at Man Bear Cluck. Uh, we podcast the show every Monday beginning at around noonish. You can catch it, catch up on your lunch hour. And uh, yeah, there's no music in that podcast, but I'm trying to think, did I did I hit everything? No, you didn't, man. We have Instagram for our beer shirt Thursday. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't we're, go deep, deep dive into Twitter. it. on Twitter. Hey, earlier this week, Big Thrill, uh, Goose Island responded to one of our tweets. Ooh. He handles the Twitter. I handle the Instagram, and he's doing a fantastic job. My, my job is once a week on Thursdays, I post a beer shirt, as, we, as you can tell, uh, we wear. Um, but yeah. I, and we also have a Facebook group. 
and the Facebook group. So if you're not a part of the Facebook group join, yet, yeah, I'm not. you got to join. It's exclusive. It's a private group. So what stays in the group or what happens in the group stays in the group and whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, there's... Hey, by the way, if you're listening, you think, wow, everything in the group stays in the group. Like, there's nothing bad going on. No. It sounds much more nefarious <laughs> than it actually is. Like, it's all wholehearted. Like, hey, I'm going here. What can I find? Right, look, yeah. look what I got. This <laughs> hey, is amazing. Hey, we're looking for volunteers for Double Tie Day. If yeah. you'd like to volunteer, you can contact Bear yeah, Hands. It's very lighthearted <laughs> stuff. It's not as bad as it sounds. But yeah, if you're on Facebook, join the group, and uh, we communicate that way. And now uh, we're with uh, Ryan Withhorn of Studebaker Brewing Company. Where can we, uh, how can we connect with Studebaker on social media? Do you run social media for the brewery? I don't. I, I'm horrible at social media. Uh, I don't even use my own. Uh, <laughs> like wow he's got a guy for that probably <laughs> no, it's it's uh you know uh it's run by uh our gm and our assistant gm jasmine and kevin uh at studebaker brewing company dot or there's studebaker brewing company dot com you can okay. see what we have on tap there there's the web or the facebook page studebaker brewing company typical new place restaurant and same with Instagram. Yeah, it makes that, so much sense. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, just so we make sure we mentioned, Studebaker Brewing Company is located downtown in the Tippecanoe building, like at the second floor. Yes, 620 West Washington, second floor of the building. Uh, you do have to walk up the grand staircase, which yeah, is kind of cool. Grand staircase it yeah. is. Yeah. Great food, great beer. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that about the social media stuff, because when I reached out, I messaged the Facebook Facebook page. Whoa. Have another Only had one. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Facebook page, he, he sent me your email address versus just being like, oh, yeah, uh, I'll put you in contact with him. So it yeah. makes sense. Actually, I think my email might be on the Facebook page for Studebaker. I should have looked further. Um, which I was like, well, good luck ever getting a hold of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you reached right back out and yeah. here we are on the show. Yeah. So coming up, we've got the split one, which we always look forward to because we're going to be drinking even more beer. And before we the get show. there, though, what are your thoughts on Untapped? Oh, right. I absolutely hate Untapped. Uh, Note to self, Ryan yeah, won't be my no, friend on Untapped. I, I actually I deleted the app the other day uh, because sometimes I get into this uh, spiral where I'm like, I'm just going to go through Untapped and see what people are rating my beer. And then I'm like, good, this is awesome. And then there's like that one one star. I'm like, oh, that beer sucks. I don't like stouts. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and it's predominantly the same opinion from a lot of the brewers we've had in or on the area is that, uh, one, you're putting – some people that perhaps aren't qualified to talk about this particular style of beer yeah. in charge of something that ultimately could affect your bottom line, which right. is which is not great. But um, you know, there are other people that just want to be jerks, or maybe that don't like you, Ryan, in real life. Right? Whatever exactly. Reason. Yeah. Um, so I always laugh and I tread lightly because there's a pretty good chance I know these people who made this beer, or I'll run into them someday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, everybody has their own rating system. Like the mm-hmm. untapped rating system is what zero to five stars. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody has their own version of that zero to five stars. So like somebody may give it a two and a half stars and it's the best beer they've ever had, but they don't rate anything over two and a half because that's just how they work. Um, I've seen people like that. Yeah. I'm friends with people like that. And I'm like, dude, just stop rating. Yeah. Just, just check into it. If you, like, if you want to do the check-in thing, do the check-in thing. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's also things like that where, you know, it's, it's a very subjective thing. There's no real, Nobody is trained to judge beers right. on mm-hmm. that unless you are actually a BJCP judge and then you're doing it. But the layperson isn't. 
learned enough in beer. I guess. We don't know what we don't yeah. know. We just well, like, yeah, like I know a good IPA when I taste it, but I also I don't know a good saison if it comes up and kicks me in the teeth. Like, right, I can tell <laughs> yeah. if I like something, but I don't know if this is the way it's supposed to taste. You know that that's always been my thing. If when I was using Untapped, because I used to use Untapped, I think I've checked in maybe four times, but like I would go through and I'm like, well, I would give this because it's not my style. Like I'm just not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of saisons. Mm. Um, <coughs> but since it's not my style, I won't rate it. Mm-hmm. You're like farmhouse yeah. ale, more like outhouse ale. Yeah. Boom, one star. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, and that's uh, appreciated probably because that doesn't bring down the overall average yeah. of the Yeah, the it, like it's cool. Yeah. Check in if you don't like the beer. Don't mm-hmm. rate it if you think it's just not your thing. Like I if you don't only, like IPAs, why did you order the IPA? Yeah, I yeah. think the only beer I've ever given a, like a zero rating or like a one star was that Jägermeister Stone collaboration that was <laughs> legit to this that day. It's that worst, doesn't sound good. It's the worst beer I've ever had in my life. We got it because it, it sounded comically terrible and it was... <laughs> It, like, I would rather drink Listerine and not even like the good kind, that really awful yellow kind your grandparents had. Ugh. I'd rather get drunk off that than have one more of those beers. It was so bad, he recapped it and then brought it into work to give to me so that I could try it. And also <laughs> yeah, like, it's like oh, when you smell something really bad, you're like, yo, come over here and smell this. I was like, Zach's got to taste this. He's never going to believe how awful this was. Oh, yeah. so that, bad. that almost sounds as bad as something that you would do with Malort. Yeah. Oh, yo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was no, a, I kind of want to do that. But. There was a Dark Lord that was aged in Malort barrels that I never got to try, but I always thought Ooh. that's going to be interesting, like aged in Pine Salt floor cleaner pretty much. Oof. Can't um, do Malort. Yeah, Ugh. well, and we talk about it. What's a beer you want us to talk about the most out of the ones you brought? Um, let's see. Honestly, I think it's my weird beer. Uh, it's called Gray Matter. All right. Gray uh, Matter. So uh, it's a uh, New England IPA. But it's got uh, been made with butterfly sweet pea tea. Uh, if you don't what? know what that is, it is a tea out of Thailand, a tea alternative made with butterfly sweet pea flowers. You've, um, you've done a tea before. Yes. Like you yep. just mentioned the it out princess. last hour. So uh, also while I worked at Gap, uh, I was also working at Tivana and also hanging out at Tivana a lot because there was a cute girl that worked there. Yeah. Uh, was so, it the Hudsonville Mall you were working at? Uh, it was the Granville one. All right, Granville. That's <laughs> yeah. right. That's a, it's a big mall, but all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I used to walk out with a lot of free tea um, just because they knew me and they liked me. And so I was like, well, how do I get rid of this? Let's start making beer with it. So tea um, provides a flavor, but not yes. necessarily like a, uh, the, the malt that would create like right. beer. It's yeah. a lot of florals. I mean, and, yeah, it's and, a lot uh, of florals. Biotic, um, uh, you know, it, botanicals, I meant. Yeah, beer at its uh, most base value is just barley tea mixed with hop tea. Hmm. So why not use actual tea? All right, well, let's crack a roll. Yeah, let's do it. I'm curious. Gray matter. Yeah. Gray matter. Cool. Whoa. That is dirty AF. This is this has got to be similar to two Toms did one similar to this, um, and it was in a can and it was like it looked disgusting, but it tasted fantastic. So I cannot wait to try. This one's got a nice purplish, sort of like hue to, it. hue to it. Oh my goodness! Now um, well, that's a new untapped check in. <laughs> one, the nose is fantastic, and you really get that floral that the tea added to this. Whoa. Yeah, this oh my is, goodness! This is wacky, dude. Is there any fruit in this? Uh, yes, a very, very small amount for. Um, so I will say this did some weird things in the fermenter. Uh, so 
it was New England that extracted a little bit of uh, bitterness from a heating pad on my little one-barrel fermenters. So I added a, about a quarter gallon of pineapple juice to it. Wow. So it's just barely there. But the hops are mostly what you get the pineapple mm-hmm. from. Mm. The weird thing about this is the nose, the taste, and the look of the beer are all sort of three kind of different animals a little bit. Mm-hmm. So your mind is looking at the color of this uh, of this beer in the glass and saying, there's no way this is going to taste like what I'm smelling and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, remind me later. I have a picture on my phone. I'll show you uh, early on in this. So my goal was to make the lightest color beer that I could possibly make. Mm-hmm. And the really cool thing about the Butterfly Sweet Pea Tea is it is pH reactive. Oh. So if you were to drop the pH on this or raise the pH. So let's start with if you raise the pH on this, it's blue. If you drop the pH, it's magenta. Oh, that's crazy. So, so pretend for a minute that I'm a really fat bearded idiot <laughs> wearing a hat right now just for an instance and tell me how do you raise or lower the ph balance uh so a lot of that comes early on in the brewing process uh with mash ph hmm. um so is it the water that you use salt yeah yeah okay. so you add calcium chloride gypsum epsom salt salt um to kind of lower it uh to raise it you can add like baking soda you can add um pickling lime those are all brewing salts okay uh it also also helps you build your water profile um and then during fermentation yeast will bring your ph down as well um how important is the water to the brewing process oh i think this is the first time in the six years we've been doing the show we've ever talked about the water i know when Mm -hmm. indiana whiskey opened up their their current location the water filtration and purification rig they have is as big as my living room i don't know what it does (laughs) or what the purpose is but i know it's really important so i mean how important is the water uh water i mean makes up what 90 percent plus of the beer Mm -hmm. uh so it is the most important thing but also the typically the least worried about thing for new brewers Mm. uh so it's like the last thing that brewers typically learn is water you know when you grow up in the sticks there's like there's country water tastes one like well water tastes one way then you move into the city you're like what is this right like you can't just go make a beer with with tap water from a from like city system could you i mean you could uh a lot of people do i mean what in grand rapids there's some breweries up there that just take it straight from the wall and put it into the beer and then you know add a little bit of salt here and there i've always thought it was really interesting too because we have on like on on those websites like rate beer and beer advocate and stuff we've got some of the top breweries in the entire world in our area and i've always thought is it something in the water where you've got bells and you've got three floyds and you got founders and these guys making really good beer is it something that we've got that's a benefit and it it may Maybe it's the Asian carp in Lake Michigan. They do play <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, or was it the zebra mussels? That was and, yeah. the other one. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I think that this area. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're what the largest source of fresh water on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, there's something about that that I think is very big. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of breweries will also like. I know, like Perrin and us, and a lot of breweries around this area. Uh, start out with uh, reverse osmosis water so it comes out pretty much neutral there's oh. not really a whole lot in it for, giving you like a blank canvas so it doesn't yep. have any kind and of then, uh, you can manipulation add the of the taste mm-hmm. yep and then you add your salts and you make it taste the way you want to do you want it to be more chemical or like a 
irony or do you want it to be more um, a drier, harder water, softer water? Um, so then you get to play with it. You know how when you get into a hobby, uh, we're here with Ryan Withhorn from Studebaker Brewing Company. You get into a hobby and like you know you don't know what you don't know, but as you kind of gain experience and enthusiasm, and you have those little successes and those failures along the way. At what point during the home brewing process into the craft brewer do you get far enough along where like water becomes a concern of yours? Um, because initially it's like, did I get this right? Then I know that sanitation mm-hmm. is the next big like thing and you've described yourself as the the head dishwasher at studebaker but <laughs> and how many years into the game were you when you're like all right let's take a look at the water and see what we're working with here. uh honestly uh i didn't really get into water until i came down here um before it was you got a problem with south bend water ryan <laughs> it drank no. pretty good so i just i had never worked with reverse osmosis water before all the places i've worked it was you know it might have been filtered but it was not never ro water um, and so that was, a. Uh, I got to learn stuff really fast okay. so I can keep making good beer. Um, and, you know, I knew the basics where if you want a beer to have more body, you add a little bit more chloride. If you want it to be a little bit drier, you add, um, gypsum. Oh. That's the, like super basics of it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. More chloride, more body, more, uh, sulfate is, uh, drier. Okay. Well. Um, learn something new yeah so n- like knowing that and then also having to rebuild water profiles from zero i'm like okay i got a lot to learn like really fast all right hmm. um it other places like in grand rapids at elk we just had our this is what we always do for every beer it didn't matter um and then now i get to get even deeper into recipe building and tailor each beer to what i want it to actually be and that's got to be really fun for you then oh yeah 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 and now it's the time where we like to break down the show and go around the horn for some staff picks with our pick six i'll throw in two zach will throw in two and uh ryan from studebaker will throw in two as well zach you want to start or you want me to start uh sure i'll i'll start um I'll give it a go i'll give it a I, okay so i know that i put this beer in like probably a month ago or maybe a little over a month but narragansett has their 1975 limited edition Jaws themed can? Oh, it's that's amazing! Cool. That's it is cool. it is so awesome, and that's one of the reasons that I got into it was my brother. He's a big uh, nostalgic fan, and he likes that. And he's like, tried Narragansett. They were distributed in Georgia, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll try this. And it was really good, just straight lager uh, from the Northeast. And I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. And he's like, you know where that's from? I'm like, no. He said Jaws. Captain Quint drinks it. So you didn't notice a small movie detail from a movie that was out <laughs> 15 years before you were born. I had to watch it over the weekend and I was like, oh, so there's where the can is. Is They're introducing Captain Quint and everything. So um, pick that up if you can find it. You'll see Jaws on the label. His or, eyes were dead like dolls. <laughs> <laughs> a giant shark um, on the, their label there. Um, but the other one that I'm going to throw in, I was at Goshen Brewing Company on Sunday last week for a parade. I took my kids there and whatnot and i was driving a station vehicle and one of the known rules here is that you cannot drink while you're driving a station vehicle there's there's a liability thing makes sense what so crazy i I took a crowler i stuck it in the fanny pack and i brought it home and it was stay afloat from goshen brewing company which was phenomenal it was a low abv four or five uh tropical hazy ipa i mean it 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 looks pretty good drank pretty good yeah and I had that the other night, so those are the two I'm throwing in. 
Uh, the one I'm going to throw, the first one I'm going to throw in is kind of a, a report back. I said I wanted to try it. And I, I didn't, I wasn't sure about leaping into the 15 pack because you couldn't get a sixer or just one. So I'm like, well, if this sucks, I got 14 of these bad boys to go. But uh, the all day vacay from Founders. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm a big fan of all day. It's one of my favorite session beers of all time. It's cheap. It's easy to get. You can have a lot of them. And I also like wheat beers. I like the Oberon. I like Gumball Head. And this thing did not disappoint. And I almost like it better than the regular all day. The wheat smooths things out a little bit for me. And it's just, it's absolutely crushable. I mean, I don't even know how many I had the last Saturday. I was floating in the pool. It was a lot, though. And uh, it just, it's its great ice cold, but it's going to be a nice, a nice thing to break things up. Because, you know, if you're drinking a lot of, like, session IPAs, after a while, you're like, you get that tongue, like, just kind of burn out a little bit. But it was nice to have that because you don't get it with the all-day vacay. It's just a smoothed-out wheat version of their all-day. The other one I'm going to throw in is one that's recently made its return to store shelves. I haven't seen it yet, but when I do, I will buy the uh, Hazy O from Dogfish Head. Ooh, yeah. It's made with four different kinds of oats. One of them's oat milk, and uh, it's like naked oats, rolled oats, oat milk, and it's supposed to be super hazy, super juicy, but also clocks in at a 7.1. Nice. Ooh. But they say it drinks more like a 5, which I was like, ooh, <laughs> that's my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, those are dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I want to <laughs> get uh, get turned a little bit, so I'm excited to try that. And Dogfish Head, I go through phases where I'll drink a lot of it, and then I won't touch it for a while. I'll be on to other things. But um, like my mom and mother in law, we had a, we had an Elvis juice summer one day. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. But I I think Hazy O is going to be it for me now. Ryan, before we turn things over to you, just a quick reminder: if you want to use this to promote two of Studebaker's beers that you're making right now, this is the floor is yours. All right, you can put in whatever beers you want. But yo, free advertising. You know, uh, I'll I'll do one of mine, uh, and that is uh, probably the next beer we're going to open up that I brought. It's the Mango Megalodon Sour Source. <gasps> Which is my uh, pineapple, tangerine, mango, nine and a half percent imperial sour. An imperial sour. Yeah, buddy. I'm listening. Yeah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> uh, so you know, first off, I've been doing like a little sour source series, as I try to call it. Say that when you're drunk. That's real fun. <laughs> uh, first one was the red raptor. This is the mango megalodon. I got to figure out the next one, real fast. Uh, it is. Super refreshing. Drinks like it's you know five percent, and we'll put you on the floor. Um, second one, I think I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna give a th- shout out to Niles Brewing Company. Uh, he just put out a new code name uh, that he did with some uh, honey. I don't remember the acronym he used after code name. It was like B A B something. Uh, I was there last night. That was awesome. Code name Babe. Maybe <laughs> that sounds maybe TV. it could be. I don't remember what it was, but it's uh, whatever nice. his code name in that he just put on tap. It was awesome. Yeah, whatever the code name was he brought down here, we were massive fans of. Uh, he said he, yeah. Was it the the Mangosteen one? Yes, because yeah, he, oh, he man, modeled it so after his, uh, he's a, We're all big Great Notion fans from Portland, but he modeled it after some of their stuff, and it was like so good. Yeah, I think that was code name ripe. I mean, that was that's my go to, and I go into Niles, and I'm sad it's gone, but this new one. <laughs> It's just enough sweetness. Uh, it's the honey instead of lactose, which I prefer the honey. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just, it's good. Lactose doesn't ferment, but honey would, right? Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. Don't be offended when I say this. That's no, fine. Dirty water. It does, a little like bit. Like dirty lake water. But what's amazing, too, is that when you look at it in light, in certain lights, it's like blue, purple, and you try to take a picture of it, it just wants to be a magenta color. Yeah. So it, it's... Yeah, I was between two different names. It was going to be Gray Scale or Gray Matter. Uh, the Gray, gray Scale would have been great. I know. Game of Thrones reference. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we're big uh, fans. 
But uh, Grey Matter won out with the, the random people that I asked, so it's Grey Matter now. <laughs> I didn't think the ending of that show was terrible. I thought the way they squished everything in over the course of the Man, you're later. wrong. Well, like, <laughs> the, way it ra- the way it wrapped up was great, but the entire season felt rushed. There were so many things they, they didn't wrap up, but I thought the finale, I'm like, all right, I mean, no one's going to like everything, but I didn't have a problem with it. I'm going to have to go back and re- rewatch it because my cousin talked me into rewatching it again and being like, it's not as bad as you think it is. I did rewatch it. Uh, and is it just as bad as you think it is? It's just as bad as okay. I remember it being. The thing that sucks with the Game of Thrones people is like, it can't be one of, like you watch The Office a million times. I've probably seen The Office through all the way like nine times. You can't do that with Game of Thrones because you know that the ending is going to, like the last run of that show is like, uh, uh. yeah, I mean, I'll say that I think I feel like the first half of that last season was really good. Okay. Oh, yeah. the first couple episodes were really but great. Remember they yeah. took that break at like the middle of the season? Yeah. And then they came back like, here's the sprint <laughs> to the end so we can get to the Star Wars project. Yep. And we're exactly. Get yeah. From. <laughs> yeah. I like when they're sitting around the fire and they're having that chat and everything. I thought that was a really good episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I just missed the uh, missed the blonde girl, the mother of dragons. Oh, Daenerys. good times. I thought you were talking about the big girl, the tall girl. <laughs> hey, <you know? laughs> toward the end of the day, toward the end of that show, she had us all, all in. We're like, okay. Um, right, yeah. Brienne the Great. Yeah, enough, about this, enough okay. about this Game of Thrones talk. Let's Sorry. This, uh, this Imperial Sour, I'm excited to try. Let's go to the big girl. I mean, the big beer. <laughs> is the big woman still here? <laughs> yes, that's his line. I think Tormund said. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Still one of my favorite characters yeah. in any TV show. Oh, yeah. He was the best. And I was happy for him, too, because when the show was over, he got a bunch of endorsements. He was on some commercials for, like, Capital One and stuff. <laughs> All right. Whoa. Okay, so this is 9%. Whoo. And it's, it's a sour. Hard. It's always hard to want to go to the gym after the show's over. You're like, eh. Right, I can only imagine. I yeah. can tell myself, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to the gym right after, right after we're done. Uh, I go home. I'm like, you know what wouldn't kill me? A couple more beers and a nap. I gotta go home and parent. Because <laughs> <laughs> my wife's working today, so. Let's, let's well, first, I, up a little bit more. First, I check it out. Like the color on this is fantastic. It's got that sort of rich, dark. Ooh. It reminds me of you know what it reminds me of where the mosquitoes caught in Jurassic Park, and he uh, holds up the holds up the uh, the end of his cane. He's got the little mosquito in there. The, yeah, that amber that he's got it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like they're all. It's all kind of. Uh, you know, Jurassic Park reference. You know, the wow. Megalodon was the giant shark that jumped out of the water in the new one. Oh, I forgot now, about that. Wow. This is something. Whew. For the uneducated, which may or may not include Zach and myself, Imperial Stout. Give us the quick definition of it. Imperial Sour? Imperial um, Sour. I, I don't know definitions. Uh, it is, uh, whenever you hear Imperial, it just means it's big. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Over like 7%, right? Yeah, Over 8%. Yep. Yeah, it's. I mean, just like a double IPA, it, the other version for a double IPA is Imperial, or a double stout. It's okay. Imperial stout. So uh, we're drinking what's essentially a double sour. Yeah, basically. A lot of, yeah. a lot of sours are really, really low ABVs. This might even be a triple. Yeah, maybe, for sure. Uh, you know, there you've got the, the Gozas, which sit around in that, like, three and a half, four and a half yeah. range. So, yeah, I, I would just call it an Imperial. Uh, my, my plan when I made the first one of these was... Find out exactly what the maximum I can put in that one barrel system that Studebaker has is. So, how big of a beer can I make with only grain? This is pretty Ooh. big and, and fantastic. I, and I like it because it's nine point one. You said and like nine and a half. Nine and a half. You get you get no booze. Like there, it's not like you know you drink a real heavy imperial stout or or a double IPA. You get that little crack at the end. You're like, oh yeah, right. this is this yep. is powerful. 
There's none of that here. It's I was yeah. going to say, it's, it's hell super light, too. It feels like light on your tongue. Mm-hmm. Like you're drinking, not not water, but like just... Yeah, a, it's a, a, it's a lighter, drier mm-hmm. uh, sour. Um, That's really good, though. And easy to drink, nice, refreshing on a warm day. And will, like I said, have you crawling out the building later. That's beware the, of this one. What's yeah. it called again? I would the say it's mango almost, megalodon sour source. I would say it's almost irresponsibly smooth. But um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're here with Ryan Withorn of the Studebaker Brewing Company. You're the brewer, not the brewmaster. You've you've titled yourself. Yes. Uh, now, really quick, you're you're brand new. Really, kind of in the last year to Studebaker. You guys have the third anniversary of the uh, the brewery coming up in October. What's on your plate for the next? Because as as I'm sure we're all aware, Notre Dame's coming back. Football season's going to be hype. Everyone's right. going to be back at it. You guys are going to be packed. What does your next like four to six months look like? Uh, that is a good question because I really don't know what it's going to look like. Um, you know, last year was still COVID, uh, so I don't know where what it's going to be. Uh, I know it was probably a pretty decent time to get into a new gig because you oh, got yeah. to, you got to ease your way into it. And uh, and now in sort of like get your way up to a sprint speed, but now we're, sure. we're headed toward the actual sprint part of the race, right? Yeah, because uh, yeah, we're the the restaurant and the brewery. It's a very different situation than I feel like any other brewery I've ever been in. Where you know most breweries, your busiest times are July, August, September, June. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Then December comes, January comes, you're dead. Um, and uh, for us, you know, we're we're busy in July, but once football starts and once holidays come around, we are slammed. Wow. Um which it's just it threw me off. Um last year, uh I didn't brew for a week or a week and a half in December because I was like, Well, January, February coming up. I'll probably work like two days a week because that's what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Uh and then I only finally caught up last month because we were just all the time just nonstop. yeah had a bunch of people coming in yeah and like for for notre dame stuff or is it just just in general in general yeah Uh, it's just been open back up again yeah it's been it's just been a weird year i don't really know what to expect um i think with football they're actually allowing public to come right at least for now as of this podcast yes yeah for now, at least until things change with the Delta variant, hopefully it doesn't. Alert! My vaccination was for nothing. <laughs> uh, Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey, it was a glorious six months. I was still out there, boys. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'll always um, remember that fondly. Um, looking look like looking ahead, like through football season and stuff. Obviously, you're still getting your feet underneath you as as the guy in charge of the the gig down here at Studebaker and learning Michiana and everything else. Where do you see how much? Do you see changing the Studebaker beer menu at all? Are you going to try to keep it in that same vein? Are you going to push the boundaries a little bit? Like, what's your favorite style of beer? We have, we've been on this entire show. I haven't even asked um, you. I mean, my favorite style to drink, I, I love stouts. Okay. Uh, to brew, I don't have a favorite style to brew. They're all fun in different ways. Um, you know, sours, I, I love sours. I like doing sours. They're a lot more work. Um, the Mango Megalodon is a kettle sour. Um, so it's two days of brewing instead of one. Um yeah, you do uh, your mash, and then let it you sit. Let that sit with lactic. Oh, uh, lactic! I okay. actually use a uh, fermenter and push it over. Okay, it's anaerobic process, so you can close it all off. Pitch your lactic, let it sour down, and then move that back over. Do the boil. Oh my goodness! Yeah, hey, it's crazy. Do your neighbors know you're a brewer? No, 
We've had, <laughs> hey, we've had some people at the show. We've asked them like, so your neighbors know. And, like once the once the neighbors find out, you're like the neighborhood superhero. Like, oh my god, Ryan, he's a brewer. He's got bring me some yeah, beer. He's got kegs exactly. in his house all the time. I think we were talking to uh, Aaron from Westwood about that. You're he right. said, well, once your neighbors find out, man, it's game over. Yeah, for sure. So for uh, now, you're still like Clark Kent out there mowing the lawn. But meanwhile, you're you know Superman behind the uh, the door. That's cool. Yeah, no, it was great. Uh, you know, in Grand Rapids, I made the mistake of letting people know I was a brewer. Like all, like obviously, all of my friends, like I was the house to be at because I had just all the beer all the time um i want to be friends with a brewer <laughs> <laughs> hey we're friends now all right but uh if there's a house for sale in my neighborhood i'll let you know about right. dude check it out hey you know, i'm still <laughs> looking for a house it, this this whole housing market thing is insane oh yeah know? dude i've had uh, three siblings buy houses in the last six months and hearing the stories they tell about the offers and how you're like you're outgunned like you, you're like i like this house the guy's like well i've got it all in cash plus 50 g's yeah like, nuts yeah it's crazy. i do but um uh okay i am definitely rosy cheeked and i can feel it because these beers this nine percent uh sour beer i think this is the highest abv sour i've ever had easily really yeah. oh man yeah i want to go bigger without a doubt i don't think i've had a bigger one than this no and i will say like now that you have the rosy cheeks and you're growing out your mullet you look more like a, a trashier drunk than normal <laughs> i know <laughs> I know I do. You look like you look like a guy who's supposed to be half cocked. Like, well, well, of course he can't drive. He probably doesn't even have a license. And look I, at his haircut. I'm working off a hangover from yesterday too. Yeah. You know, so I've got that going for me. All that. I'm just glad stuff. you're wearing a shirt today and not like a beater and you know cutoffs. Like, hey guys, <laughs> you want me uh, walking in here like uh, what's this net nuts from Trailer Park Boys? You know? Oh, Ricky. Ricky. Say, yeah, which yeah. one? Yeah, Julian. Um. So. What do we got coming up? Uh, so we've got. Hey, of course he doesn't remember. Look right, yeah, I know. I mean, look at, I mean, look at his haircut. <laughs> uh, this ha- haircut is done by Macy at Cost Cutters, and it's amazing. Shout out Macy Cost Cutters. It does look great, man. It def- yeah, yeah. It's starting to take shape now into a mullet. Where before you just look like you needed something done, but now it's it's coming along. I know. How long are you gonna go with it? Uh, all year, because I'm gonna auction it off for St. Jude. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what a haircut is. When when was the last time you cut your hair? Uh, well, it's been a year. I, I did get a little trim when I moved back down here, but before that, I don't think I had cut it in like six years. I was gonna say it's down to like your back, like yeah, it's, your back. like when it's like I, it's freshly washed and like wet. It's like halfway. I used to have nice. long hair like that. It would get I I had to cut it because I couldn't stand it being everywhere. Yeah, like in my oh, clothes, yeah, in my house, problem. in my yeah. car, like yep. It was great because it gave people the illu- visitors the illusion that a woman had been in my house, <laughs> which was like never the truth. But I'm like, oh yeah, dude, must have been some girl, probably. right? Yeah, what <laughs> nameless, faceless masses of women uh, cavorting through my abode. But uh, back to you, Zach. I'm sorry. I, I finally remember what I was going to say. Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest are coming out here soon. Oh, yeah. I saw Sierra Nevada's releasing one. Founders is releasing one. This is the time to drink them for sure. Apparently in August because. Um, they're super fresh with the the hops and everything like that. So look out for Oktoberfest. I love the Meritsons. Uh, are you guys going to make one maybe? Uh, so yeah, I did one last year uh, that was called Late to the Game because okay. I forgot when Oktoberfest come out. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and didn't actually get that into uh, or on tap until like late October, hey. uh, maybe early November. <laughs> <laughs> so I also just realized I'm like, man, I got to brew that. Yeah. So I'm you still late to the game here, but uh, you know. Maybe we'll see it next month. And I, I love the style, too. I'm, I'm a big fan. There, It's like so close to a lager, and it's yeah. delicious. Well, I mean, it is a lager. It uh, is, oh, yeah, it is a right. lager. Yeah. Beer. So um, 
So those will come out now. And then also we've got Bare Hands Double Tie Day coming up August 21st. They need volunteers. If you want to volunteer for a beer fest, uh, it's a good time. There's all kinds of perks that come with that. And then you guys have something going on at Studebaker. Yeah. Uh, the weekend before Labor Day, we've got a uh, beer festival. Uh, we're still working on all the breweries that are going to be there. We're looking at like eight to nine different breweries from around the area. Perfect. Sweet. Local um, stuff. Right? Yeah, local okay. stuff. Um, there's, I know, guaranteed uh, that have committed our uh, South Bend Brew Works will be there. Cool. Um, there's actually a place down in Indianapolis. I don't know the name of uh, that will be there. Uh, Danny Boy Brew Works will be there. Oh, yeah. Right um, across from Notre Dame. Yep, yep. And then uh, I haven't looked at the list and see who else is confirmed yet. But hey, just know obviously it's us. Obviously yeah. us. Yes. We will be there. there. Uh, it'll be in the uh, the courtyard. Cool. Out on the lawn. Live music. Uh at Tippecanoe Place? At Tippecanoe at, Place, yeah. yep. Uh, I always I laugh think. when I go there. I'm like, man, somebody used to just live here by themselves. I know, it's insane. <laughs> 24,000 square feet. Yeah. Like, how? I I mean, there's a, there used to be a bowling alley in the basement. Yeah. And dude, tunnels. You still have the butler elevator. Yeah. It's oh, amazing. The, it's, well, like, that thing is terrifying. <laughs> like, old-timey rich is way different than, like, new month, like, new, like current-day rich. It's, it's a wild... Uh, right, and I think that building costs, like, $1.2 million to build in 1889. Oh. <sighs> wow. And then it burnt down almost. <laughs> <laughs> what if homeowners insurance covered everything? <laughs> but Studebaker Brewing Company is a great place to go on a date night, and I would know because I went like three weeks ago. Perfect. Yeah. So and it worked out well. If you get our yeah, drift, exactly. There's great lots. food, great beer. Uh, I will finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But uh, Ryan, we thank you for coming in, man. It's a pleasure to meet you, and we're uh, happy to welcome you back into the Michiana area. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fun, and uh, we hope you come back, man. Yeah, definitely, let me know. On cool. behalf of Zach and myself, uh, cheers, cheers, cheers. Hey, could I have another slice of that beer? Give me a keg of beer. Cool brews, hot tunes, music to my beers. Podcasts by Federated Media.